Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Join us in just a moment here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Amongst many things, we can also ask him about Bryce Young, maybe what kind of turnaround we can expect from the number one overall pick. And we can go to the text line with some of the comments that you guys had on whether Bryce could reach Baker Mayfield-type numbers from this past season or Geno Smith-type numbers from two years ago. Heat fan said Bryce's touchdown-to-interception ratio is definitely skewed with dropped balls, even with the last game, with DJ fumbling the ball out of bounds. He can definitely get what Baker got this year with competent pieces around him. So that's what Heat fan wrote in. Smitty from the city ain't having it, though. He said, man, stop, y'all. This team isn't having a Texans turnaround. No way in hell. Creating unrealistic expectations. I mean, I think most people would have thought that about Houston, too. That's what I'm saying. It's like, how do you know that? In the NFL, we see that almost every year. And for the Texans, everyone thought this team was going to be right back in the top five, selecting again. So when the NFL, you just don't know. You really don't. And it, yeah, it's tough to reach that mark. It really is. But also, we don't have any clue on what kind of jump could be made by Bryce Young and this coaching staff. And so we can look at some of these other names. KC Steve, he said, is Brad Idzik elite? When we were trying to figure out who's elite in the league. Yeah. I hope Dave Canales is, and maybe Brad Idzik is too, but he is the new offensive coordinator in case you guys missed it. Uh, that's something we can reiterate real quickly. Brad Idzik being the OC, Dave Canales making the call. We certainly like that. Yeah, no doubt about it because of the continuity and the message and the philosophy is going to be consistent. All right. So we will now go to, we're almost going to go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. At least we we're trying to. We just got a call from Ron. Hopefully we can get him to call one more time. It looks like that's happening right now and uh, he can tell us about some of the advice that he would give to Dave Canales because that's somebody that knows a thing or two looking at his tenure man like being here from 2011 to 2019 Wes it's a long time to stick with one franchise my my grandfather used to talk about it that way like you get hired to get fired in the coaching profession no matter where you coach and unless you're one of these legends of the game like eventually Eventually, it all ends, which is nuts. And so it's kind of crazy to see that. All right, let's now go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome former Panthers coach from those years I just mentioned, 2011 to 2019. He coached Washington from 2020 until this past season. Ron Rivera now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline on Wes and Walker. Coach, thank you so much for the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Coach, we really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man, and I did want to ask a little bit after you had your interview with Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer. That's among the many reasons I wanted to reach out, because a couple of things that you talked about with Scott, you discussed some of the advice that you might give to Dave Canales after mm -hmm. being named the Panthers' next head coach. I thought it was interesting. You said, be patient, and you also said, ask them 
to be patient like they were for me. I, I thought that was interesting, yeah. Coach. Like, how how patient do you feel David Tepper was once they stepped into new ownership? Looks like we lost, Coach. Yeah, right after the first back. question no, that we asked. I'm sorry, oh, there Coach. He is. There he is. I'm sorry, Coach. I was yeah. just I was just asking you after you said for Dave Canales yeah. to yeah. be patient. How patient was David Tepper with you once he stepped into ownership while you were still there? Well, I think for the most part, you know, David was pretty patient. Um, I think the biggest thing more he wanted was and he wanted to do it his way, which I, I got nothing but respect for because again, you know, you spend that kind of money, you should be able to do it your way. And he gave me two seasons. You know, and for the most part, I think the biggest thing that, that, you know, looking at it and looking at it again was, you know, was, was it was a tear down, build it back up more so than anything else. And that's really what his, his whole plan was, was to come in, take it apart and then put it back together, which again, you want to build things the right way and you want to build it for the long haul. I mean, we had a great, you know, a great nine season run when I was in Carolina. And, you know, the most unfortunate part was we didn't have the quarterback, you know, when, when Cam got hurt in 2006, 2016, excuse me, and then in 2017, you know, Cam had a good year, but you could tell at the end he, he was losing that shoulder. And then it just, you know, the next two seasons he was injured. And, and anytime you get in a situation like that, you don't have your guy, your quarterback, that's very tough. It really was. And so I think, again, with him, it was about okay. You know, he, he gave me a couple years. Now let's see about what we can do going forward. And that's, that's really pretty much what he decided to do. Well, and coach, I mean, we're hoping Bryce Young can be that quarterback, right? They draft him number one overall. Do you think he can be that QB? And if you were the coach this go around, what kind of things would Uh you do for Bryce in order to ensure that he has the best chance to be that franchise quarterback? Well, you know, I would take a long look at what New Orleans did, you know, with with, with Drew Brees. You know, you build up that front. You, You get a massive center and guard combination. Those three big guys have to be stout at the point. They can't allow any push or penetration. And then make sure we got good athletic tackles to, to, to wash those outside rushers. And then give him an opportunity to, to, to do the things that he does best, you know, uh, whether it's, it's play action pass, whether it's, it's, it's drop back pass, or it's, it's from the shotgun. These are the things that they, they need to do with a guy who has that kind of ability. He, he reads very well. He's a, he's a great timing passer. You know, he delivers a good catchable ball. I mean, these are all positive things that, again, coming in, do these things for the quarterback. I like some of the things that, that, that Canales was doing, you know, when he had Baker Mayfield last season. I mean, it was very successful. A lot of it's out of the book that, that they did using Russell Wilson. So there's there's some crossover there and some potential. Russell's just a big, stout quarterback. He's not quite, you know, a, a real tall guy. And so he and Bryce are, are very similar in, in those respects. Baker Mayfield, very similar in those respects. So, again, to me, take a nice, hard, long look at what those guys do. And, again, you have an opportunity. You got to make sure you have playmakers around them to give them an opportunity to distribute the ball to different guys. And then a good running game is always the best friend for a quarterback. Ron Rivera joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And coach, just uh, based off your comments there, as far as trying to fix this team, especially on the offensive side, are linemen going to be your priority over finding that number one wide receiver? Which one do you think uh, is the most important for them to find this offseason? Well, again, when you get to your pick, you know, in, 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 in uh, this upcoming draft, you've got to decide which one's available. If, if, the, if the best offensive line left on the board is available, that's the guy you want to take. You can, you can find receivers. You just got to be willing to pay those guys because there's going to be some quality guys that are going to be available 
come this turnaround because this is going to be a, a draft-heavy uh, offensive line and quarterbacks initially, and then it's going to it's going to fall back into um, into what I'm hearing uh, as far as playmakers. There's going to be some good running backs and some good wide receivers available in the second, third rounds as well. So, you know, this this is a good draft where I think if, if they can come out with a couple of a good picks, I know they're limited in picks, but if they can come out with a couple of good ones and then find one or two in free agency that can help, I think this could really help this organization. Coach, when you got here, you inherited a 2-14 and 14 football team. And so from a culture perspective, what was your goal, and when did you know that it was starting to work? You know, it was first and foremost was to find the quarterback. Um, you know, we had a philosophy that we were going to protect this quarterback, and then we got to make sure we have playmakers around him. And, and one of the things that I was fortunate enough when I, when I came into it was, you know, we, we still had Jordan Gross. You know, we still had Ryan Khalil. You know, with, with those two guys, uh, you could build around them, and we did. We were able to find some, some solid, stout offensive linemen that really fit the bill for us. And then it was fine playmakers. And one of the really good things, and i got to give credit to Marty Herney, you know, he went out and he got Greg Olson right off the bat. We had a great combination of running backs, um, you know, and, and, and D'Angelo and Jonathan. And, you know, from there, everything just kind of blossomed and took off. And then, again, you know, to me, he's a future Hall of Famer. And we had Steve Smith. And so when you had playmakers and you were, we were able to protect Cam, we did a lot of good things. Remember, my first two years, the hardest thing we had to find was the defense. And once we drafted Luke the next year in, in, in my second season, you could see the potential for us for growth. So to me, I would say was once we had Luke, I knew it was just a matter of finding the rest of the pieces. Uh, in 2013, we put it together, uh, you know, and, and I thought, you know, the, the things that we did, from 2013 on, were really, really good again until Cam got hurt in 2016. So we, we, we really took off in 2013. It's funny. I, I feel like we have two of the 2011 Panthers newcomers on the show today. We had Greg Olson on earlier. We just need to go get Cam, mm-hmm. and then we can hit the trifecta. <laughs> that, simple as that. Yes, you could, most certainly. Most <laughs> <Yeah>. certainly. <laughs> it's Rod Rivera joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline here on Wes and Walker. You know, Rod, Ed, speaking more to what Wes was just asking you, the reporting on the Panthers right now is that the culture – is often described as dysfunction, at least with what we've been hearing, what we've seen reported. You were hired in Washington to fix a culture that also had what was a terrible reputation at the time. How do you fix that here, Ron? Like, How would you begin to fix the culture here if you were taking over in Carolina this go-around? Well, I think, the, the, you know, Mr. Tepper did exactly what you know, he felt he needed to do, and that was he went out and, and found a, a young, ambitious uh, head coach, you know, a guy that's coming off of a successful run, in, in Tampa Bay, and, and, and I think the thing that, you know, Coach Canales has to continue to do is now feed off of that, build from there. Again, make sure he's holding everybody accountable, starting with himself, first and foremost. And as these guys continue to, to put these pieces into place, you've got to stick to that. That was one of the things that we were able to do early on. And then the thing that really helped me was the locker room took charge of themselves. When the locker room can do the things that they've done and, and, and keep, you know, adding players, you have a chance. You know, one of the things I always tell people, I knew the culture was great in 2015 when, you know, my brother had passed away of cancer, unfortunately, and, and right in the middle of training camp, I had to go to the funeral. And so when I went away to the funeral, um, you know, I, I, I talked to the team captains. I talked to Steve Wilkes, who was my assistant head coach at the time, and I left for, for and I missed two practices and, and two team meetings. And when I got back, Danny Morrison came to me and said, Coach, it was tremendous. Your captains took over. Coach Wilkes was, was, was amazing. 
And you know, not to not to not to put anything on you, Coach, but the truth is, it was like you were, you never left. And and so that's when I knew uh, we had a good opportunity to have a great season in 2015 was because the players took charge, my coaches stepped up, uh, and 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 that really kind of signified that that we were headed in the right direction. Coach, how hard will it be for these guys to to shake off what happened this past season? Um, you know, if you could have some success early on, it, it'll be easy to shake it off. And then that's why I, I said, you know, folks have got to be patient. You, you know, the fan base has to be patient. Just know that, they're, you know, Coach Canales is going to come in and do the best he can and, and, and do everything he can to, to, to you know, endear the, 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 the fan base. Because, again, it, it's a good fan base. And we know that. We saw it. We saw how everybody responded when, when things started to go in the right direction and, and our guys got out into the community. And, and again, to me, this is, you know, it, 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 it's not hard to, to, to be appreciative uh, when, when you're, you're doing your best, trying as hard as you can, and at the same time making sure and recognizing that, hey, the fan base, be patient, just understand what we're trying to do, and, and you know, be open and honest with the fan base. That's the other thing. You know, one of the things that we always try to do is with, with, with connect with the fan base. Let them know that hey, everything we're doing is just to be a good football team. Again, doing everything they can, showing the fans that they're doing and they're committed, it'll help. Former Panther coach, former Washington coach, Ron Rivera joining us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Ron, a couple more questions before we get you out of here. I, I know you talked with Scott Fowler about this as well, but you had a couple of interviews for a defensive coordinator job this offseason, including a reported Rams interview over the weekend. Ron, how did that interview go? And do you expect to be coaching somewhere this year or next season? Well, everything it's been going well. It really has. I've talked with several other teams behind the scenes. And just kind of waiting things out. Um, I can be patient. I'm not in any hurry. Uh, that's one of the nice things about it. I've got a few options outside of football as well that's still connected to football. So we'll see how all those things go in the next week or so, um, and should really have answers once we get uh, once we get past the Super Bowl. So again, I'm in no hurry. I'm kind of enjoying my time. I'm out mm-hmm. here in California with the wife. You know, we got an opportunity to, to come out to uh, to Monterey, California, my hometown area, and just. Get away from everything. And, uh, of course, you guys call me up and drag me right back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, after he said that, now he broke up, and now he just decided to hang up on us. I I think Ron is actually breaking up with some of the signal. Ron, are you there? Here, guys. I'm here. I'm back. Hello. Okay, yeah, we we got you. We want to keep dragging you. I'm sorry, Ron. Don't enjoy the California sun just yet. We still got to keep you in the depths of the city of Charlotte. I I did want to ask you, would you take a job outside of defensive coordinator if it was anything, I guess, quote-unquote below what a defensive coordinator would be in the NFL? Um, you know what? You know what I, I um, you know what I really often thought about would be a really cool thing to do was, was, was to be connected with a team and, and work primarily with the head coach, a young head coach, and just sit there and, and, and talk to them about what the pitfalls are and what the positive things are. And, hey, you know, and be that sounding board. Because you know what happened for me? And, and, and I'll tell you a quick story. So after my second season, okay, we had a good first year, finished strong. Uh, we had a good start to the second year, but then we kind of petered. And then at the very end, we got rolling again. I think well, we won five out of our last six. And when I sat down with Mr. Richardson after, after season two, we had a great conversation. Uh, he liked my plan going forward. And the one thing he said to me is, you know, Ron, you need a mentor. You need to have somebody you can rely on, you can call and talk with. 
And I realized at that point in time, you know, I didn't hire a former head coach. I don't have somebody around me like that. And, and I always felt bad about calling, you know, Coach Reed uh, or, or Coach North Turner and, and to ask them questions, you know, because they're busy too. So I felt bad about that. So I really didn't have a go-to guy. And so I made some mistakes, obviously, my first couple seasons. I still make mistakes, too, but my first two most certainly. So he tells me, he says, you know what, you should reach out to John Madden. Well, fortunate enough, I knew Coach Madden. So when I called him, um, you know, on, on, on Mr. Richardson's urging, we had a great conversation, and he said, I'd be happy to sit down and mentor you. And so that started uh, what became a really good friendship for me and a great mentorship because he really helped me and head in the right direction. And so I was thinking about that, and I, I talked to, to the commissioner one day uh, about a mentorship-type program. I said, you know, that's something I would love to do at some point is, is be able to work with young court head coaches and say, hey, guys, you know, this is the thing that you got to be aware of. These things you got to – you know, think about, and you should have a veteran guy around you that can give you great advice and tell you whether you're doing a good job, you're doing a bad job, tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, and be completely honest. And I've always thought that would be a cool thing to be able to do. So, yeah, would I do something like that? Absolutely. Just just so I could help out, I'd be happy to. Coach, last thing I got for you is this defense was, was 29th in scoring, but third in total defense. What do you see that this defense needs, and do you think that uh, Dave Canales should keep a Jero Vero? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is again, you know, first and foremost, you, you, you can't rely on what yards are all about. It's really about play in the red zone. It's really about play on, on, on points allowed. Uh, takeaways, stuff like that. I mean, it's great to have that 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 low number in terms of total yards. But but to me, the real key, more so than anything else, is all the stuff that that that's about red zone scoring. Um, you know, uh, um, two minute efficiency. It, 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 it's an interesting set of dynamics. I mean, he's got to sit there and he's got to really look at what's happened and is there improvement too? take a look at the last four or five games see what that trend is those those are the things that can help you make decisions on on coaches and players more so than anything else you know and, and then again take a take a long look at his total body of work i mean he's a good young dynamic coach uh, has a great feel and understanding of football and, and, he's, and he comes from a good background you know he's been connected with winners so you you got to really look at guys like that and just say wow okay you know maybe a little bit more work Maybe we're missing a player or two, you know, because, again, you know, we didn't take off and Sean McDermott didn't become the guy he became until we got Luke Keekley. And a lot of people got to understand, this is a player-driven game. If you have players that can do things and make plays for you at the right time, you're headed in the right direction. We dragged him out of his off-season oasis. He was enjoying his time, and we forced him to fix Carolina's problems already after having done it in 2011. <laughs> we appreciate you helping us out here. Former Panther coach and Washington coach Ron Rivera on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Ron, go enjoy life again. We appreciate the time. All right, I think now we can just go ahead and end it. Tough connection, but we got a lot of good stuff from Coach Rivera there. That was fantastic. We really appreciate the time with him. Of course, we're going to put that interview on our website, WFNZ.com. Click the Wesson Walker tab, and you'll be able to go catch our Greg Olson interview with exclusive, exclusive audio. Exclusive! Yeah, I'm one of DJs at Mixtape Era. And I feel like that's a West word, too. Exclusive! Uh, it's exclusive! <laughs> WFNZ.com! Also, go check out Ron's interview. We'll post that in just a moment. couple more segments to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. People are in straight nostalgia mode with Ron Rivera having just talked to us. I bet. I mean, that was the last time they had great memories of this this football team. So I would imagine uh, some fans are taking trips down memory lane. Well, and I was thinking about it, too. Think about the cultures, okay? As much as that word, it's probably overused, but it's one of those where it does matter. As When it goes wrong, then it clearly matters. But think about him having to, I don't know about clean it up. I mean, it's not like John Fox led a terrible culture here. It was just time to move on after a bad losing season. 2010 was terrible. And so they moved on. But John Fox didn't have a bad culture here by any means. Ron Rivera comes in. You know, it takes a while. I'll always remember going into that game against the New York Giants, his third season. And people were ready to fire him. If you lose against the Giants, I believe that's week three. This was right you know, on the heels of losing against Buffalo where EJ Manuel throws a touchdown to Stevie Johnson to win at the end of that game. So Owen two, Ron Rivera's third year and you have a game against the giants. And if you lose that game, Rivera might be fired and might could use. He's definitely getting fired. They beat the giants 38 to nothing. Destroy them like seven sacks in the first half. Those guys were ready to play for Ron. They didn't want him to lose his job. I remember old Riverboat, he used to take those fourth down yes, gambles too. And I remember the Panthers fans, they loved that and embraced that. And they went to the Super Bowl a little bit off of that ideology. And so I was just thinking about Ron where, okay, he comes in, helps this team turn it around. He was let go because you have new ownership coming in. I do want to give Tepper a little credit. Like he was patient enough with Ron. Like I understood that decision at the time. The defense just wasn't performing at a high enough level anymore, and we thought it, it should have been performing better. But the culture was not an issue. It was not. It was not dysfunction. You know what it was when, with, with Rivera at the helm. Yeah, it was not a culture issue. Then he gets hired immediately in Washington, the worst culture place that exists in the National Football League because they're transitioning with all the Dan Snyder hell that they're in. And so who better to lead this franchise than somebody who could be a great leader, understand some of the mistakes. And this, it just feels like, all right, well, now Josh Harris comes in (laughs) and Dan Snyder's out. It just feels like, all right, well, now here's Ron Rivera, who possibly could get another chance with a different owner who can be out of Snyder hell, but now they're moving on from him. Like He's had his success. I'm not saying there was any huge raw deal, but I do think that Rivera, if you do for the like go for the ultimate culture setter type of guy, 
man, he's had experience doing that. Yeah, and he did that. And it got you to a Super Bowl, and you had a lot of success under him. And so uh, Ron Rivera was a great guy for us to talk to, especially with some of the issues ailing this team. And that's why I was so interested in the, the building block questions, because this is a guy who did that with this Panthers team. He came in and inherited a team that had definitely come off an awful season. And so uh, to get them to a Super Bowl in the time that he did, he was the perfect guy to answer some of these questions about the state of the Panthers and where they're at right now. Well, and Stanford P brings up a great point. And it was also perhaps the first sign of Tepper just being too involved. Stanford P says the defense wasn't performing because Tepper made him change it. Remember the odd man front that Tepper became enthralled with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like the first time, ooh, this is scary. But nah, it's just like he just wants to put his fingerprints on the organization. It's fine. He's still sticking with Ron. He's not making any rash decisions or anything. And then Ron's gone. And Well, that's that Pittsburgh. Life. That's that Pittsburgh in him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you look at it, though, I mean, a lot of the, the, the core numbers, I mean, they didn't stop the run in the 4-3 the year before or in the 3-4 this year. They didn't get to the quarterback and get home enough and uh, either defense as well. So the numbers were still very uh, similar there. But, yeah, it does take some time to, to switch to a 3-4 defense because you need a little bit uh, of different personnel. Well, and, like, you're forcing the dude that played on the 85 Bears to change his defense? You're forcing the dude that got this job because of the defenses that he built as a D.C.? And Tepper's like, Ron, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I have a great idea. <laughs> you should. You're going to love it. Have you ever heard of this? Odd man front. Have you, I'm, I'm sorry. Fiddy's mad at me. Fiddy, go ahead. Do the impression. What is David Tepper telling Ron with this grand idea, this loophole in the system that no other defensive mind has ever thought of? All right. Let's just imagine Tepp's walking down the hall. He's unbuttoning the polo to get the chest hair out. Yeah, baby. He walks in the room. Ronnie. Uh, run defense, uh, not not where it needs to be for your liking or mine if you want to stay the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Look, Ron, I, I know you played on the 85 Bears. Greatest defense in the, in the history of the NFL. Different time, different game. <laughs> Y'all ran, what, a 5-2? Y'all called it a bear front? Bear? Get it? In Pittsburgh, <sighs> we ran the 3-4. Mm-hmm. And it's been working for 30, 40 years. 3, 4, 30, 40. You get it? <laughs> Goodness gracious. You you do that, Ron. You see this chest hair? It's standing up thinking about that 3, 4 defense at Bank of America Stadium. That'll cue all your defensive woes. All right. So I like it. You had a couple of great mentions and jokes in there. We're getting a little bit of Donald Trump getting mixed in with some David Tepper. That's not true. Uh, (laughs) We're we're having an identity crisis on Wesson Walker. Is it Ron Rivera? Is it Donald Trump? It's everybody's favorite game to play on sports radio. (laughs) 92.7 WFNZ. Yeah, that maybe in hindsight, That was the first warning sign of things to come when you're telling that guy. And Rivera, he didn't have any agenda to come on these airwaves and tell you that Tepper didn't give him enough time and didn't tell you that he was a terrible owner. He says he can respect it. When you pay that much for a franchise, you can do whatever you want. But multiple breaking news sounders today. What are we breaking at 2.32 on a Tuesday, Fiddy? According to Brian, this is from me, according... uh, to Brian Fisher, he's a college football writer at Fox Sports. 
Can uh, we get YouTube. like news anchor though? Like according to can we get okay. like all right. According to Brian Fisher, uh college football writer at Fox Sports, it looks like YouTube TV is going to ev- eventually let you pick your multi view channels. N- worthy. That is that is amazing. I yeah. almost shed a tear just now. I think they just beat the final stage of the video game. Yeah, I think they did too because I complain about the quad boxes, the triple boxes every week. I'm saying I should be able to get a conference-related one. I don't understand when there's two good ACC games on why they can't put them in the same box. It looks like those days are finally going to be coming to it. YouTube TV doing a great job. This reminds me of the time that everyone kept asking for Cool Ranch Dorito shells from Taco Bell, and they Uh gave the people what they wanted. Game changer. This feels like YouTube TV is listening to the people and then answering their prayers. We thank you, YouTube TV. Yes. And we thank you, Taco Bell. Yes. Feel free to tell us what you think (laughs) about YouTube TV on the text line, 704-570-9610. So we can go back to Rivera. But, yeah, perhaps that was the first warning sign when he tells Rivera to change it to the 3-4. And he also said Tepper wanted to do it his way. It was a tear it down and build it back up. Salesman wrote in during the interview. He's like, oh, okay, we finally figured out Tepper's problem. He's really good at tearing it down. Now we just need to see that whole building it up thing. Facts. But, but they never tore it down. That's the biggest issue. That's true. They never tore it down mm-hmm. because new owner, he went and look, he made all these kinds of promises. It's like me when I first get into a, when I first get into a relationship. <laughs> and then because he was going to win and all this type of stuff. Well, you can't do that if you're rebuilding. I think fans expect a full rebuild with new ownership, right? Like or, like, or it's fair to expect them to tear everything down, build the foundation, and go from there. But we did stopgap and half-measure quarterbacks for two seasons, and now, we fi- now we're finally there. But this is a fan base that's impatient as hell and doesn't know if they're ready to embrace a rebuild, which might take three years under Dave Canales. What's the number one promise that you make in a relationship that you can't keep? <laughs> yeah, that did just happen, didn't it? Wes yeah. was focused. I don't think he heard anything else you just said after that, which is important. Um, <laughs> you want to bring that to the airwaves? Nah. Now, okay. The last time I talked about my dating life, it, I got too open. I just wanted to know what you tell your love. Wait, hold on. I want to revisit that though. Like what? I remember when, did it when get I, too you open? Know, I made it known that, like you know, I. Like, you know, had the location and mm, that's true. Yeah. That yeah. is true. That was a little too open. We used to talk about your dating life a lot more. And it was before the official launch of Weston Walker. Yeah. We dabbled in that a lot. I remember Beach Lady on Snapchat. I do remember that. We Beach still Lady. dabble. You really? Need yeah. Uh, Fitty, you need to be mindful of it. <laughs> that's right true. Because you know who listens to this station. So I don't think you want to. But but just put to be clear, there's just to be clear in case anybody of importance is listening, there's not anything that we're talking about that would be a problem. Yeah. Because Beach Lady, our story. I mean, Beach Lady was trash, and I want you Damn. to stop anything. She was awful. Yeah, they she still, was, he said uh, they still dabble. She Wes. was ragdoll in my dog. But they still dabble. I mean, you know, just a little yeah. conversation and, no, you know. No. I remember us trying to, as Fiddy jokes all the time about us having a show lunch, I do remember us trying to get a club, a show club outing off the ground. We did, yeah. Yeah, with Stro. Remember, we were supposed to go Stroh's clothes shopping and go, mm-hmm. go to South Ryan Battle, I believe, still has the invitation open because we didn't get to do it with, with all of us together. Well, I, right. I did go that yeah, one time. We need did. to get Brian we on. Get, we need to get Brian on. And we do. We need to get that back where we can, everybody can get out together. Well, that is true. And then we can see... 
what Fiddy can do out there. And maybe we just don't make whatever promise you're scared to reveal on the air to these people that you talk to next time. Fair enough. All right. I think that's the breakdown. That we're fixing a culture here on Wesley Walker. We are Walker. fixing the culture. We're going to fix Fiddy's dating culture. And it all starts with Ron. Thank yeah. you, Ron, for yeah. not only fixing the Carolina Panthers the first go-around, but also helping us at least look into what we can do to help Fiddy fix true. his problem. That would be fantastic if that thing can actually come to fruition. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We have one more segment to go. It's the walk-off. We're going to discuss what we're watching, all that good stuff. On the other side, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. concerned about Fiddy on the text line. Bagel guy called him a stalker. That is not what we did with Fiddy. He is not a stalker. Is that is not, not true. Uh, he just didn't want to tell us any of the other problems that he might experience when starting a relationship. I, I did want to continue to approach that as a possible segment down the road. Mm. There's another thing I want to approach I like that. as a possible segment down Especially the road. when we get into those uh, dry months, no sports like that. Fiddy's dating life might become its own section. Fiddy is laughing because dry months has a couple of meanings there. I did want to go. Dry years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yikes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that hurts, Wes. That hurts. Well, I'm just saying. I'm Not, years. What it is. <laughs> Not years. Not years. Dry year and change. <laughs> I'm sorry, Fiddy. I brought that up. No, I wanted to clown it. My dog ain't dry. I wanted to. Okay, we need to move on. I needed to transition. This is the segment I also wanted to approach. So I told you about a happening that you experienced last night. You didn't know what the source was for me, right? At Spectrum Center, you didn't know who was telling me about it. That same source also told me that you have voicemails from your mama. Yep. And. I would not consider myself a good radio host if I did not press you on playing those voicemails on these airwaves, especially if she's talking trash about your favorite tennis player, Novak Djokovic, experiencing a massive upset oh, in the Aussie Open. These have to be fantastic, and I just want to know what we did in order for you to keep these from us and not bring these to the airwaves. Well, last week, if you remember... I was in the morning, not with you guys in the afternoon. Uh, these all sound like excuses. I think so, you're just going to continue to go down yep. the excuse chain mm-hmm. uh, train. Are you are you saying that you will play them right now? I mean, I don't know if it, the audio is going to sound good, but we do you think it would sound okay if you played those on the phone? I mean, I think we can, I mean, do or do not. There is no try. Okay. Well, let's go ahead. Do. I, 
Uh, all right, so here here is set the stage here, Fiddy. Like I only got I only got the information that I guess your mom all left you a voicemail about Novak Djokovic being upset in the Aussie Open. Is that correct? Yes, and, okay. and look, as our listeners know that listen to us, you and I, pretty pretty big tennis fans. Yeah. So the guys in the morning were absolutely taken aback when at six thirty eight during a Fiddy <laughs> flash. I'm talking the Australian Open. I did hear that, and so it was then I was then forced to talk about it the rest of the way. And I told them when Novak Djokovic got upset by Yannick Sinner that I would hear from my momal while I was at work about the defeat. And sure enough, she sent me a audio message. We're going to try to play it over the air. All right, let, let's All right, try this, this out. Go, really ahead. Play, go ahead and play it, Fiddy, and we'll see how Mama sounds on the airwaves. Condolences on the loss of your famous tennis man. <laughs> I watched him at 10 249 this morning losing that match. Maybe this is the year that he will realize he is just getting too old for the rest of them. Love you. She's got a radio cadence. We ain't lying about that. She could host a podcast right now. I did ask her, I was like, Maul. Would you be interested in doing a messages with mall segment? Okay, okay. So you're already on it. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I thought you were just allowing this content to go into the trash, but I appreciate you actually looking into this. No, but she said that y'all do not want to hear her on the radio, and I told her I was like, "Mall is the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. You are a uh, a legend's not the right word, but she could be. People want to know about you as much as I talk about you." And so we're, we got to do something to push her, to persuade her to give us a weekly segment. Uh, look, you guys may think this is a bit. I am being very honest with you. I know you are, Walker. You're <laughs> not a guy that just, you know, blows smoke like that. So uh, I'm here for it as well. I liked it. Very Southern uh, voice, but very calm and deliberate in her messaging. I liked it. That is a good voice. That I am not lying. That is a good voice. And also the cadence. She delivered that like Colin Cowherd might. <laughs> yeah. Mama Cowherd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you, she could host a podcast right now, and I would listen to Novak Djokovic takes. I would do that right now. So we need to hook her up. I know you know what it's like to build a podcast, so go ahead and do that for Mama. That's what we would want. Okay, I guess we can move on and talk about what we're watching tonight. And you might be able to hear that on the Four Corners podcast as well with Josh Fiddy Marlowe and Anthony Flounder Pagnata. Are you going to be watching North Carolina Georgia Tech tonight, Wes? Well, you already know it. Uh, I've got games uh, to do for the ACC Digital Network. You can go there to see the condensed games, the full games, and the highlights. So we'll have those for you tonight. Not sure if I'm going to have the Carolina game, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be watching those ACC matchups tonight as well as uh, NC State Miami. That's going to be intriguing. The Canes uh, get it in tonight. They're home for Vancouver. Got a little bit of a homestand going. Thursday they've got Colorado, but uh, the Canes have only lost three games since December uh, 27th. So they're starting to rock and roll and maybe opening that Stanley Cup window up just a little bit. You know, it was like the summertime and the way they started the season, it was like a little slit in the window. You couldn't mm -hmm. get a lot of uh, air in there because they <laughs> faltered out the gate. But now looks like they're starting to open things up and some air starting to circulate into the room. Okay, so that was quite the example of what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing <laughs> as they move forward this season. I'll bring it back to North Carolina, Georgia Tech. Fiddy, tell me if you agree. I think we're in store for a Boston College-type performance. 
like probably 10 point victory at the end, but it is going to be pretty close as we get pretty deep into the second half. They're not going to run away with it. I think Georgia tech is competitive enough to give us an Eagles type performance, but ultimately Carolina wins and they win with a controlling fashion. Yeah. It's going to be a wide out at McCamish pavilion. Damon Stoudemire. Look, they beat Duke and they beat Mississippi state on their home floor. So they've beaten quality opponents. He needs some, uh, he needs some momentum in the second half of the season. I think he's done a, Really good job in what's a really tough place to win at, but I don't know if I can deal with this game being that close in the second yeah, half. Yeah, I think Carolina's going to so you think it's, you, you think we're more, I, I promise I'm not trying to do this, you think it's more Wake Forest than it is Boston College? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to. I really didn't mean to do it. Yeah, no, it is. I, I think it will be. I, I think they'll handle Georgia Tech. I mean, Carolina seems to be very focused on the road. I think they got a bit of a scare against Florida State now. Uh, either... I think the only thing that could catch them up tonight and maybe make them slip a little bit, maybe a little attrition, some fatigue. But mm-hmm. other than that, I, I don't I don't see Georgia Tech putting up much of a fight unless they just play completely out of body all night. Um, Panther Cliff said, wrong week, Wes. Canes are on all-star break. And so, yeah, I do oh. not see them playing in the next couple of games. Uh, you know, look, I know I'm the hockey expert here. I just thought I would let you know. Hey, my bad. I'm way off. It's okay. No, they're not playing tonight. Or tomorrow, and then we got to wait for the NHL All Star break. Do you have any All Star break takes? Do you watch that when the NHL? Uh, I has don't. That but you know what? For the first time, uh, I just might. And yeah, I do see they don't play again until February sixth. So I was looking at that way wrong. I just saw Tuesday. Sometimes my eyes deceive me. So whatever. <laughs> uh, I just hope you know Sebastian goes in has a great showing. But I just might because uh, I've started to watch other hockey games besides the Canes. Uh, especially when I know the stars or I want to see certain teams like that, I will watch. And so I think I may check out some of the all-star festivities and see how the NHL does it for once. I did like to see the target practice that they would have. I don't know if you guys would remember some of the games that they would play. I remember some of that. Uh, For some reason, I have this weird sports memory of watching Jeremy Roenick hit different targets at each corner of the net. And that's what I remember. Wasn't he a crazy guy? I don't know. Am I speaking to anybody that would know about hockey history like that? Probably. No, hell yeah. no. Yeah, okay. I don't think didn't, so. Didn't think so. The bagel guy said I should do a playoff beer when it comes time for the Canes. Oh, that, no, that, that's a good idea. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that, that, that's a thought. I've seen young Wes with a very manicured, not manicured. What am I saying? Yeah, no, that's, that's manicured that's the word. word. Is that right? Manicured, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I apologize. Uh, well-kempt beard is what I should say. Okay. So I do remember you did used to have that when you were yeah, younger, I've, right? I've done that. Yeah. I've done a lot of, a lot of different things. So yeah, that, that may be an idea. Can you just let a, a beard go crazy? I mean, no, nah, I don't like that. I'm too vain for that. Okay. See if uh, I don't know if I could, I know people talk about how you have to get over that initial phase. I feel like my phase just is way too patchy for me to experience that. Too. That. that too. And I just, I don't like walking around looking like a mountain man. Just yeah. Put it unkept. If, if I did grow it out like that, I would at least, you know, like I said, make sure it's well manicured. Uh huh. There you go. Uh, <laughs> what, what about you, Fiddy? How crazy could your beard get if you just let that thing go wild? I don't know. I mean, the longest I ever went was, was a back during Football season when Carolina started 6-0. and So I went almost two because I didn't shave before the season started. I went like two and a half, three months without. I want to mm-hmm. see Fiddy with a ZZ Top beer. I would love to see it. I've got an uncle. His goes down to his belt. Like, oh, well, not his belly button, but like probably down below is the top part of his chest. Wow. Okay. So we're just going to have to have Fiddy's whole family appear on Wesson Walker at some <laughs> point. That's what we learned in this last segment of Wesson Walker. By the way, thank you. 
to the eight, uh, 980 number saying, I feel you on the Jeremy Roenick take. Sniper on the all-star targets. That's what I remember as a kid. Yeah. So thank you. I'm glad I could uh, spit some hockey knowledge for you. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. Huge thanks to Greg Olson sitting down and talking with me. We'll put that interview on the website. Also, Ron Rivera calling in about an hour ago. That interview will be on WFNZ.com as well. Until then, stick around for the Kyle Bailey Show. Willie P filling in one more time. Of course, alongside Smoke Ludwig. This has been Wesson Walker on Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.